She was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm your host, Sarah Gorski, and I am here today with a special guest, my friend, Mr. Michael Kuchak. I call him Mike. Michael is a rock star filmmaker. Uh, He's currently involved in three or more projects. But Mike, say hello to our audience, if you would. Hello, audience. (laughs) Hello. Hi. Mike, I have a a question for you. I know you've listened to a few episodes of Broads You Should Know. Yeah. Which of the episodes you've heard are your favorites? You know, I really like Olga. Yes, we just reposted her last week. And uh, Julie, uh, God, I'm going to butcher her. Daubeny? Yes. Yes. I even suggested that one. But uh, opera singer by day. (laughs) Swordswoman by Knights. Come on, man. <laughs> How is that movie not there? And burned down a burned down a nunnery to run away with her girlfriend. So she was she is epic, epic. She and Olga's funny. epic too. We just reposted her episode last week in in honor of um, Ukraine, since she's the like the OG Ukrainian mother. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Mike, I'm so excited you're here this week because. I'm not actually bringing one woman because there's a little story to go with it where I'm like looking, I'm feeling moved by all the stuff going on in Ukraine. And I was like, you know what? I really want to find a Ukrainian broad. Who are the who are the badass women of Ukraine and all of Ukraine's storied history? Mm-hmm. And as I was doing my searching, I came across the Invisible Battalion. Have you ever heard of the Invisible Battalion? I haven't. They're, they're, they're so invisible that I haven't heard of them at all. Well, the Invisible Battalion, it's basically an organization, uh, they call it an NGO, a non-government organization, uh, but with military participants. So most of the women who run it are military or ex-military veterans of the Ukrainian army. I fell down this rabbit hole. I'm like, who are these people? Who's the Invisible Battalion? They are Ukrainian, female Ukrainian soldiers. And I was like, okay, here's my podcast episode. I'm going right. to do the, the, the women soldiers of Ukraine. So the Invisible Battalion, the official name of the organization is the Institute of Gender Programs, was established officially in 2016, fairly recently. And their mission is to implement human rights and advocacy projects. Okay. But the way that they came about was... So it so it turns out that in Ukraine until very very recently the Ukrainian legislation didn't allow women to be assigned combat positions in the military. Okay. So they were enlisted when they when they volunteered to go fight, they were enlisted as cooks and seamstresses and cleaners and accountants. But really, they were snipers and grenade launch operators and recon soldiers, artillerists. So they're actually on the front lines. They're actually doing the work the other dudes are doing. But their official positions in the paperwork were like fucking seamstress. Oh, okay. Um, And so because they weren't listed as like actual combatants, 
They also did not have the legal protection of the army. They didn't have access to adequate social security. They couldn't get military awards. So they had basically no military benefits or awards or social status, and they couldn't move up in rank. They couldn't be given like an official, you know, they couldn't move up to sergeant or general or whatever. Hence the invisible aspect. The invisible battalion. So just to give a little bit of backstory. So right now, obviously, there's huge conflict in Ukraine because Russia has invaded and is trying to kind of take it for itself, right? However, this actual fight has been going on since... 2014. So in 2014, Russia came in and was like, we're taking Crimea. It belongs to us. And so they came in and they took Crimea. And then it started this huge war, which, well, not a huge, not as huge as what is happening today, but but a huge war between Russia and Ukraine called the war in Donbas, or Donbass is probably how they say it. And so it's this like eastern edge of Ukraine that borders on Russia. And so it's been this like highly fought over region. In 2014, around the same time as Russia came and took Crimea, this big war started up uh, where the Russians were trying to take Donbass. And the Ukrainians are like, fuck no, Donbass is Ukraine, it is not Russia. Mm-hmm. It obviously wasn't a very internationally publicized war because I didn't, I had to look it up. I was like, what is this war in Donbass? And I was like, researching all this stuff. So these people have been at war with Russia. Ukrainians have been at war with, with Russia since basically since 2014. And now all of a sudden it's on a national stage because Russia's just aggressively gone in now like more to Kiev and central Ukraine. And it's just like way more obvious to the entire world what's happening. But right. the rest of the world should have had its head out of its ass a long time ago. Uh, so they've been fighting this war. And when Russia invaded and was trying to take Donbass, there was a huge you know movement of people that volunteered for the military to go and fight in Donbass. So Ukrainians were like, let's do this. And women were like, well, let's do this. I want to do this too. And because of the legislation, they could not hold higher positions, right? So a bunch of these veterans who have been fighting in Donbass and either still are fighting or did fight and then came back or were discharged, they kind of get together and they form this NGO, the Invisible Battalion or the Institute of Gender Programs. Okay. The first thing they do is they start to do this huge a combination of like research and polls to kind of pull together information about the women who have served because they they all kind of recognize that like women are just kind of like not seen both officially and also like by the country and the world. Like people don't know that women are on the front lines too and that women are fighting the fight and that women don't have rights. So they start to do all these research and they pull these polls together and they've got support from the Ukrainian Women's Fund and UN Women, United Nations Women. Um, so they get a little bit of support and they're very adamant if um, on their website and on some of their press releases and stuff. They're very adamant that they do not take money from oligarchs and they don't take money from the government itself. So they're huh. taking, accepting support from kind of aid organizations and internationally, but they do not, you know, the whole region, not Ukrainian specific, uh, and act, like, let's be serious, the whole fucking world, there's a lot of money in politics and there's a lot of dirty politics and a lot of dirty money and all this stuff. And they do not want to be a part of that. What? So, so they've been like very specifically like, no, we are not being controlled by the rich fucks either in Russia or in Ukraine. Cause there's a lot of, you know, Russia and Ukraine, people have family members in both. Right. And that's part of why all of this is so, so difficult is that Ukraine and Russia are not the same country, but they're, they're the same region and many people have family and friends across both lines, right. you know, and Russians live in Ukraine and Ukrainians live in Russia and 
it's a heartbreak. It's heartbreaking for so many reasons, but I think that that is particularly heartbreaking. So anyway, so they pull together this organization, they do this research and create this huge photo exhibition. They shoot about, they say half a hundred, so 50 or so portraits of Ukrainian women combatants. And they put this big exhibit up uh, at the Ukrainian parliament and the ministry of defense in Ukraine. And at the same time that they're doing this, they also create a documentary film called Invisible Battalion, Women's Participation in Military Operations in the Anti-Terrorist Operation. I don't know why, but that rings like one sixteenth of a bell. Well, I watched it, Mike. It's available for free online. It's literally available for free. And I watched it last night. Um, And I made my poor boyfriend watch it, too. And (laughs) (laughs) And I only say poor boyfriend because it it is depressing. I I didn't know that they were at war since 2014. I didn't know Mm -hmm. these things were happening. And you see these beautiful cities that are just kind of like shells of what they once were because of the fighting that's been going on for so long. And what these women are dealing with. And, And in general, the Ukrainian army... We see this now as they're asking for aid, but they, they are, Ukraine doesn't have as much money as bigger countries. And, and so they haven't been able to afford the same equipment for combat and they're underfunded and they're under, you know, they're like the underdogs in all this. Right. Yeah. So it is hard to watch, but it's good to watch. And the, the movie is, it's directed by three different women, Irina Silik. Svetlana Lishnyetska and Alina Gorlova. Basically, the documentary kind of strings together. They follow these six different women, service women. Um, And they're all different ages, and they all have different positions in the military. Like, one of them is, like, a sniper. One of them had to, like... I think she must have been in the med unit because she had to document, like, when people died. It was her job to, like, keep the records and find out who they were and inform their families. And And that particular woman is dealing with a huge amount of PTSD from she has like trouble getting on the the train. She has trouble getting on the Metro and all the sounds Mm. and crowds. And and she's really coping with that. And so they all have very different life experiences, all different ages, but they all were fighting in this war in in Donbass. And so that you get like this really big picture of like life in Ukraine and how much that war has affected them. And so the producer herself uh, is a veteran. Her name is Maria Berlinskaya. And she talks about the purpose of the project. She says, quote, the purpose of the project is first to document the story that is happening right now to show how our women are fighting. Second, to break down the wall of stereotypes in society. There can be no gender or eye color, only good education, only professionalism. And cinema is a very good tool that allows you to explain these things to society. And finally, the third goal is that we are losing the information war in the world. Through documentary footage, we want to show that we do not have a civil conflict, but the Russian occupation for the fourth year. In our film, we see that women are dying and maimed, that they are fighting and defeating the Russian army because we don't need deep concern. We need real humane support, end quote. You know, I'm reading all this stuff. This film came out in 2017 and I'm reading about it and I'm like, and I'm like, holy fucking shit, because now all of a sudden it comes into clear focus with with the invasion that's happening today, right? Right, right, right. So anyway, this film, combined with the big photo project, ends up making a big impact. Um, they they release it not only in Ukraine, but they tour it around to a bunch of different film festivals all over the world. Um, it wins awards at the Leipzig Film Festival. I never know how to say that city. Is that right? Yeah. Uh... Leipzig? Uh, <laughs> Leipzig Film Festival, I'm going to say. And then Leipzig, Leipzig? Leipzig maybe. <laughs> I 
It also goes to the Docu Days in Kyiv, uh, the Ukrainian Helsinki Association. Uh, it goes to the Security Council of Europe, the Parliaments of Canada, the UK. Like this film shows everywhere. It, it says uh, there was one article that said from Chicago to Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And when the film was airing in all these places too, they would also go and they would discuss the stories, you know, they would do like in-group sessions, basically right. creating a dialogue with everybody around the world and making the, the world and the, the conflict around the world clear. But because of all this work that they did, in 2018, there was a law passed, quote, on ensuring equal rights and opportunities for women and men during military service in the armed forces of Ukraine and other military formations. And this law makes it possible that women actually can serve in combat positions now. It's not perfect. Some of the higher level ranks are still like not achievable, but specifically the invisible battalion movement has already created change for women in Ukraine. The power of cinema. The power of cinema. They ended up uh, creating a second documentary called There Are No Obvious Manifestations. Um, and that actually follows okay. one of the, the women that was in the first film more in depth, that woman with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Because women who don't have like obvious physical conditions, but have like mental conditions, it's like not recognized. So the doctor doesn't, there's no obvious manifestation. So there's nothing wrong with them. Oh, wait, they have PTSD. And uh, it's so it's really about her story. I did not watch that film, although now I really want to because her story was really compelling. But uh, already in just, you know, what they've been around, this organization has been around eight years now, and they've already created a huge amount of change. None of the, the sources I was reading about them and about the work they've done takes into account this exact moment we're in right now, but I'm sure that they are there and either literally still on the front lines or, you know, still fighting the fight um, legislatively. But they have also created a women's veteran movement to support the women vets. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. They've held a bunch of rallies um, for, for women's vets rights. They do educational trainings and facilitation sessions for veterans. Um, they have put up uh, memorials for veterans killed in war, uh, and they've also provided psychological help for over 40 women. They've just been doing, they're doing obviously a huge amount of work in a space where there's a total vacuum. You know, right. women like weren't right. even recognized and aren't, and so they, and they weren't supported. And so they're just filling a really important space there right now. And I just felt like, you know, I know it's, they're not a singular broad. There's a lot of broads there, but they are worth talking about. And I think they are worth watching their films. So I just want to encourage everybody um, listening to watch The Invisible Battalion, both to learn about The Invisible Battalion and the Institute of Gender Programs, but also to see literal footage of Ukraine and of Ukraine in combat and see what's happening on the ground and and like meet these six women. Uh, I think their stories are really profound and really powerful. And, you know, Mike, you and I were both like, you're a little bit older than me, but we were both generically speaking born in a time where where war has been kind of far away from Americans. You know, like I think like obviously we there was the Gulf War and um, Vietnam before our time. But I think like war has not the Afghanistan and Iraq. They feel so far away from us. Like maybe we had we knew a vet or two. But, you know, for me, I don't feel like I've seen a lot of active footage that wasn't like, you know, a film um, about war and like to actually right. see a documentary, which is just like live footage of what's going on. Especially of uh, that recent of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful and educational in a way, you know, we need to be more educated about the things happening in the world and, 
about the people that are the people that are actually like living that life right now. So yeah, sounds like a wonderful expression of the idea of being the change in the world that you want to see. Yeah. So that's the Invisible Battalion. I wish I had more to say. They're still kind of a young organization, but I just feel like they they already have such wide reach. And so it is great to see those women working in the world. And uh, very vital as it is uh, of the moment. Exactly. Well, thanks, Mike, for um, being here for me to talk about Invisible Women. Well, it's my pleasure. I mean, it's not my pleasure to talk about like war and suffering and stuff, but uh, it's my pleasure to talk to you about people doing uh, good work in, in the world. I just, you know, I think the reason I wanted to talk about them too, Mike, is just like you, you're a filmmaker and I think... I am. You know, we live in Hollywood. <laughs> I do. And Hollywood is a weird place and it the is. industry is a weird <laughs> industry. Like sometimes the power of film, like I find myself sometimes losing the thread of it. And then when I see stories like this and I watch this documentary, I am just blown away. And and the reason that they chose to do a film is because they knew, you know, when, when they came together, they were like, we're going to do this exhibition, this photo thing. And then we're also going to do a fucking film. They didn't say fucking. Right. I inserted that word. We're going to do a film so that people can see what's happening. They can see it's real life and that we can bring it around the world because there's something you can't deny about a documentary that's is really just laying it out on the line. And so I think, you know, filmmakers who are brave enough to do this work and to produce this kind of work, you know, they're not trying to win an, an Oscar. Right. <laughs> they I, are trying to make an impact and they and they are. And it's inspirational to me. Well, I, you know, by way of example, um, I saw a documentary called uh, For Sama. It's it's you know for years there's been conflict in Syria and it's very easy to think of it in the abstract because it's another country that's been going on for a while. For Sama was really powerful because you're you're right there with the camera watching people try like for instance there's a sequence in which a doctor uh, tries to save the life of a newborn child. And it's one thing to read in the news about like, uh, you know, Assad did this and the Russians did that and the fighters did this and that, 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 that. It becomes very abstract very easily. Uh, But Mm -hmm. when you're in the room watching people see bombs fall, it gives you an immediacy to the situation that otherwise would not exist. And I think, and again, it's the power of cinema. Yeah. Gosh, you know, one of these, one of the stories of these women... I don't think anything actually will ruin the film, so I'm not going to worry about spoiling things. But like one, there's one scene in the movie where one of the the soldiers that they're following, she's not on duty. She's home with her, I think, with her mom, and she gets a phone call and she answers it. And the person on the other line says that, that tells her that this guy from her unit hung himself. Ah. And you watch her, like the the camera's right there. They couldn't have staged that, you know. Mm-hmm. The camera's right there, and you just watch her. Like her, to- all of a sudden her face just falls before you even know what's happened. You watch her face fall and then you find out why. And, the, and just the real impact and the horror that the war has on, you know, on, you know, war wreaks havoc on everybody. It doesn't choose who, who to destroy. It's, it's everybody. It was just such a vibrant reminder of the realities of what war is like. And it's not a video game. It's not like Call of Duty. It's not. The glamorized versions we watch in, in films sometimes, it's like the real thing. So I'm just in awe of those filmmakers and of those women trying to make a difference, even when the going is is maybe the toughest. So, Well, listeners, check out The Invisible Battalion. You can just Google it. It'll pop right up. And uh, Mike, you should give it a watch, too. I think you'd appreciate it, too. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 
Thanks, Mike, for being here. You are a real pal and a brilliant dude. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that you gave me a little bit of your time. To learn more about the Invisible Battalion, see pictures from their exhibition and links to their website and their films, visit broadsyoushouldknow.com. While you're there, click on over to the About page and read more about Mike. His bio, photo, links to all his cool stuff and his social. Are you following Broads You Should Know yet? We're on Facebook and Instagram at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. Are you a really big fan of this podcast? If so, then you should help spread the word about us. Share us with your friends and your family. Leave us a review. That really helps new listeners to find us. Broads You Should Know is produced by me, Sarah Gorski, and edited by Chloe Skye, with original music by Darren Callahan. Finally, if you really enjoyed hearing about the Invisible Battalion, then I highly recommend you check out a couple of our previous episodes as well. You should look into Las Soldaderas, the women of the Mexican Revolution, Ludmila Pavlichenko, and the Night Witches. See you next week for another Broad You Should Know. Woo!